Hey everyone, welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckman. I am talking to Doc Searles and Petros Katupis is back. He's joining us again. It's been a minute. Hey Petros, how are you doing? <laughs> longer than a minute for I'm Petros, doing well. Yeah. How are you both? <laughs> Great. I'm glad you could join us today. Pretty excited about this. Um, so we have we have a few things to talk about. We're going to go into, uh, I, hope, I hope you subscribe to our newsletter because one just went out today which would be yesterday when this actually publishes. And uh, it's about digital wallets, and we're going to talk about that. But I think we would be remiss if we didn't also kind of mention what's going on with Twitter, because it is kind of an important uh, website slash platform slash whatever it is. And it's it's been a little wild uh, and unpleasant, frankly. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into it, I did want to remind everyone that we have this cool newsletter. And, and Doc, uh, especially lately, has, has written some interesting stuff. And, and we send that out when there's something good. You know, we don't just spam you every every week or we try not to. So you can sign up for our newsletter at reality2cast.com. That is the number two in the URL. And I also want to make sure to thank the people who have contributed via Patreon and Coffee recently, because there have been a few. Rusty, Henrik, there's at least one or more that are a string of characters. That, <laughs> so I, mm -hmm. I, would, I would thank you if I knew your name, but uh, I don't. But thank you the same anyway. We really appreciate it, and it's, it's quite validating. I think uh, maybe some of our topics recently have have resonated, and I and I think that's um, that's good. That's that's what we intend. So here we are. And speaking of resonating, <laughs> something that has resonated with me, man, I don't know about y'all, but I was I was up kind of late following some of the drama that happened at the Twitter offices. You know, there was a, a very abrupt and widespread layoff and people were reporting random goodbyes on Slack and being abruptly cut off from their email and their 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 uh, connections before they knew, obviously, that that they were part of the group being laid off. Apparently, it's a massive group and there has already been at least one lawsuit filed. Obviously, a difficult time. My question is, are we at all surprised? No, not at all. Yes and no. So several months ago, we started talking about this because we, we, you know, when when Elon Musk expressed interest, we, we thought, well, this is this is has the potential to have tremendous impact on Twitter, which has become a massively important uh, communication tool. And but then we we all kind of poo pooed it. We're like, oh, that's not going to happen. He's just blowing smoke, you know. I don't actually think this deal is going to go through. And here we are. <laughs> And I mean, so at the point when we, we saw, which was just, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we saw, oh, wow, this really is going to happen. Um, am I surprised? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't decide if I'm surprised or not. There's a, it, it's really interesting looking at the tweets themselves. You know, I mean, here's, here's one. Uh, I was fired from Twitter this morning. I was responsible for reporting tweets for content abuse. Um, another one says, Twitter employees don't sign anything when you're laid off. Consult an attorney first, buried in a fine print, maybe a waiver of your rights under California law, blah, blah. One uh, woman uh, writes, uh, I got I still got, I, I got the email. I still have a job, but I stayed up last night watching hardworking, talented, caring people getting logged out one by one, don't know what to say. You know, another one, Elon Musk fired the entire team that identified the that the Twitter algorithm amplifies right-wing voices over others. Um. Not the first time I've seen staff, especially particularly black employees, punished for flagging other companies' products enable and amplify racism. Um, it just it goes on, you know. 
50% of Twitter that just got fired could be the start of a dream team that launches Twitter's next serious rival. Of course, um, UK-based, yeah, this be- is completely illegal. UK employment require, requires a 90-day consultation period, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, it's a... Uh, it just it's 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 ugly. It's not completely expected. For me, the question is, you know, is 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 there any way that this can't be a boat anchor and a shit show for for Musk himself? You know, oh here we just read another one. Fired the curation team, the human rights team, the ethics transparency and account- accountability team. But basically, he's just firing everybody who's got like a white collar job. That's, um, I guess. I don't know. I've seen some engineering, some engineering casualties. I've seen um, them. I mean, again, Um, it's a bit anecdotal, but um, I I saw uh, a a developer relations type more than one, actually. I mean, you you do need those type of people, or at least I like to believe that you do. um, Well, it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, you know, what's, um, where's it all going? Well, it's, it's also, I, I wonder, um, you know, the, Somebody, I forget who, you know, wrote a really good post that made a really clear point, which is that their product is content moderation. <laughs> That's the product. Um, you can't not moderate what's going on there. So mm-hmm. if you're firing that, um, what are you going to, you know, what's it going to turn into? And I guess, you know, if you do, I imagine you know, if you're following these people and other people are following those people, probably not much is going to, your view of it is not going to change. No two people have the same view of Twitter inside of Twitter. So that's, you know, I mean, even, even the what to follow and the what's happening and that kind of thing is different for everybody, right? Because it all gets algorithmically aimed. Uh, A feeling that I have is actually we're kind of it's at the end of an era. It's where it's at the end of that that social media era. Because frankly, Facebook's not looking that great either right now. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just that their stock is has fallen precipitously, but also that they um, they don't have young people much anymore. I mean, it's all for old people for the most part, or middle aged and old people. Um, I'm old, so the, uh, the, the young you know, folk they're like, into Instagram and Snapchat. You know that's that's what yeah. my and, and kids are into. Yeah, and TikTok, and and yeah. every other yeah. kid that I, all the other. So parents. Meta is saved to some degree yeah. by 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 Instagram, but but Meta's moved Instagram more to to what they call Reels to compete with uh, with uh, TikTok. Hey, I get sucked it's, into those Reels. Okay, I can. Spend, it's very easy. I can spend it's very easy. literally an entire afternoon I mean, watching. Real after I know. real. I mean, you know, you know, weird animals doing weird things. You know, a guy, you know, hugging a lion. People jumping off mountains. You know, just weird. I mean, it's it's hard. I I, I have a policy though. If anything says, wait for it. I don't. I just move to the next thing. <laughs> I don't want to wait for it. <laughs> just give it to me. Uh, but I'm very little. I, I think I've looked at TikTok, but the. Instagram and Facebook reels I've, I've watched a little bit of, but, but the thing is that it, it's all, I mean, it could be Twitter is, you know, 2006 to 2022, that's the lifespan. And now it's so, something else and we'll see if he kills it. You know, you wonder- my guess is he won't. 
Go ahead. One of the Sorry. tweets that uh, you read off earlier, Doc, um, made some sort of comment, and I'm paraphrasing here, along the lines of the casualties of this giant axe that's coming in and you know cutting all these people loose from, from Twitter. They're just going to get together and form possibly another new competitive product. That's what interests me. Is that going to be the case? Is that going to happen? Will they have enough motivation or drive to do that? I don't know, but they know the inner workings of Twitter. And it reminds me of the days back when the folks that worked on Mosaic decided to, you know, start their own, you know, a company uh, and, and work on Netscape. They knew the inner ugly secrets of Mosaic (laughs) and they knew how to build a better product. So this is an opportunity here, an opportunity for those Mm -hmm. who feel wronged, an opportunity uh, for those who have a vision for something better to be able to build something better based on the experience that they have and just to start from scratch. That's always the best feeling as a developer, as an engineer, engineer, to start from scratch. You don't want to pick up somebody else's product. It's got bugs. It's got issues. It's got this. It's got that. Oh my God. Technical debt. Yeah, I am. Um, it also, I, you know, I think it's worth mentioning what's what's going on over in the Mastodon and Fediverse world. I've been paying more attention over there, and uh, I've actually set up. Um, I've set it up so that I. I post first on Mastodon. Um, in my case, that means Librem One, and I, I uh, cross post to Twitter rather than the other way around because I like it better that way. And yeah, so I've been I've spent most of my let's say social media time following that, and it's interesting. It's actually pretty great. I mean, there are some limitations. I, I miss the full text search and, and things like that, but um, but it's it feels like early Twitter when it was just a bunch of nerds. You know, it was a bunch. It was like developer types, technology people and um not the rest of the world hadn't discovered it yet it's very much like that i think at this point and i, I like that it's like our people that's and, um, that's the feeling i, I got from google more interesting plus interaction remember google plus i it liked was, google plus it was the place for nerds you know it was it was the place for nerds so yeah. so yeah you know find a mastodon instance and it's it's the same deal when google plus came along i remember um a friend of mine said, oh, my God, this is, this is the Facebook killer. This is going to be a really big deal. And they had the circles and the rest of it. And I remember telling him, I, I think it's too late. It's not going to work out. And said, No, but it's Google. It's gigantic. There's some really good reporting, though, on Inside Stuff by uh, Casey Newton. He has a, a very highly read substack, among other things. But he's a journalist and, and he has had sort of the inside scoop on what's going on as it as it has been happening. And. And he's, you know, somebody I've followed to, you know, find, see some really eye-opening and scary uh, updates. Anyway, it's it's just, oh, handled so poorly. Layoffs in tech are happening all over right now. And there's a right way and a wrong way to handle this. And this is the worst well, example of the wrong way I've ever seen. Yeah, well, say it, I mean, he's saying, okay, I'm going to fire most. I, 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 I bought this place. I'm going to fire most people. Based on what? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, he hasn't even been there long enough to I know, figure out where where what? to target well, just, that kind of action. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
you know, that the companies, have, is it losing money or not? I don't know. Does it? Ah, who the hell knows? I mean, it is public. Somebody knows. It, well, now that they're uh, charging monthly to keep your uh, your your blue check. Are they are they actually doing that yet? Because I yeah. I, oh I no, it's a proposed. First, he threw out he was going to charge twenty dollars per month to keep your blue yeah. check mark, and then I can't remember. Was it Stephen? Oh, it was Stephen King wrote that that's ridiculous and of course he would not do that and elon starts bargaining with him right there i mean it's so awkward how about eight dollars and it's just it's so awful it's so awful that he doesn't understand what the value of ver- of identity verification is it's so awful that that he yeah. you know i that he doesn't appreciate that that these people are what makes Twitter have any chance of being profitable, which is the fact that you you can follow, you know, all the thoughts of Mark Hamill if you so choose. You can follow, you know, there are, there are so many people out there, and that's what has made Twitter popular. One of the things that makes Twitter uh, that gets Twitter the numbers that it has, the number of users, is the fact that you have this access to celebrities and famous people and journalists and politicians and all the type of people and companies who would have a blue checkmark and companies yes um but but especially when you think of somebody like stephen king so that was you know that was how this whole twenty dollar eight dollar bargaining thing happened right you have a stephen king the stephen kings of the world um you're getting a lot of free and valuable content from them from them being a user and the 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 checkmark is helps them legitimize their own you know existence on twitter it helps them ensure that nobody's impersonating them and it's valuable to them but there's a trade-off i mean they are more valuable to twitter than a you know 20 even 20 dollar a month fee and the idea that he's just missing that i don't know it, it just makes no sense like why would you that would be like charging i don't know who's a very prominent youtube person I, there's a guy named joshua weissman that i watch his cooking videos he has like seven million YouTube subscribers. That would be like, you know, YouTube charging him to put his content on YouTube. It's it it's just, I don't know. It's kind of mind blowing. Well, one thing but. that I don't know uh is is it possible? Let, let's pretend like he's gonna go through with this whole, you know, monthly payment of the, the whole check mark. Will that make it possible for anybody and everybody to get their own check mark? I guess. Would I be I able to just say, "Hey, I feel like I have a, you know, I feel like I want a check mark now," and I guess yeah, I can probably I can do that as opposed to the process and procedures that Twitter was following before. I guess, yeah. So, you know, if you want a premium account and you're a spammer, I guess you just fork over that exactly. money. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I the mean, whole it's thing possible. Is just so poorly thought out it it makes no sense it's i will make myself I, a fake catherine account I <laughs> and will, then get it verified i will get mm. it verified and then i will become the real catherine it's true yes as i understand it yes for eight dollars a month you can be the real me oh well that's how the twitterverse that's how the twitterverse is going to yeah, see it right it's, um it's so so bizarre. I mean, I, I you know I assume for for eight dollars, you're still going to have to go through some sort of identity verification, and perhaps that they argue that that offsets the cost. No, no, they fired all those people. Or... Oh, did they? Yeah, probably. Actually, yeah. I mean, well, of course see. they did. They fired. I don't know. I'm just I, assuming I it's going they to become pretty much everybody that doesn't make the place work. 
Maybe I, 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 mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they fired those the too. Servers up. I'm, I'm just kind um, of expecting a half the thing to go down over the weekend. Um, I've seen an increase in weird spam DMs. I've seen an increase in, um, I don't know, weird stuff. I think nobody's thinking creatively. It seems to be about business models. Um, what would we, to me, the the primary question is what has value and what would we be, we be willing to pay for if it was easy and there was a simple standardized system for doing that? And I mean, for example, I I wouldn't mind, to me, the value of Twitter is all the people on it and all the things that I read. And, mm-hmm. and I'd be willing to pay something for bits of that on an ad hoc basis or on an a la carte basis and have... Twitter get a piece of it for handling it. Yeah. You know, like if I, when I look at, I mean, it, it, would, it, would, it just applies to TikTok and all the rest of them. I mean, if, I mean, you know, here's the, you know, here, here's the woman rubbing the, you know, rubbing the belly of a wild wolf for some reason, you know, and, you know, and here's some news about um, Uber wanting to advertise that everybody constantly There's something really funny from somebody named Soldier of Fortran, which I really like. I never. I just found Soldier of Fortran recently, and it's all it's all like old computer stuff. Um, but I mean, and I wouldn't mind having a thing on on there that's not just Twitter's; it's mine. But looks at what I'm reading and and throw some money at stuff that has value. Which is the Brave you know, model, a, basically the Brave browser. It's the Brave model, but without having to have Brave. The problem with the Brave model is it only works inside Brave, right? Um, and um, I mean, hats off to to them for having having a model. But um, I'd like to have it with music. You know, I, I use um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Shazam, the oldest app. I saw this on a Nokia candy bar phone in two thousand. Okay, but it's it, if you listen to music and it tells you what it is. You know, it does this this kind of fingerprinting of music, and I wouldn't mind you know throwing a penny every time that happened. Um, the, the way streaming works, you know, artists get very, 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 very tiny fractions of pennies for everybody who listens to something on Spotify or whatever. Um, we could do better than that. And I just think that there's, there are all these people creating value for each other, but don't set up a central system in the middle of it. Come up with an edge system where all of us could carry it in. And you're smiling, Petros. We can see you. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> You're rubbing your forehead means you're thinking. No, no, no. I'm not thinking. <laughs> I'm there's, just there's thinking nothing about... up here. <laughs> no, I'm it. just wondering if all the people that Petro's got Facebook ads for, if they got revenue, man, that'd be. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, get, I, I don't know if you want to go into that. Probably not. But I get uh, we have greatest, lots of conversations. The greatest Facebook ads. It's always very adult centric. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. I never get I, anything I, that good ever. On, on Facebook, I, I had a. What I, I keep getting this one for, um, uh, I, you know, Tom, it's tragic what's happening to Tom Selleck, right? So, oh, I saw that. I saw I your know, post. <laughs> yeah, I, I posted about crap. that because yeah. it, it, it turns out it's just a, it's a bait and switch. You go there, it's several kinds of fraud. You know, one of them is they fraudulently pretend to be Fox News. They're not. And then they're basically, there's a story about, does he have dementia? And it goes in, it's not a real Fox News story. And it goes into... Um, some, some, uh, you know, snake oil that you can, <laughs> that they're actually pushing. And there's that, that content moderation thing, but you know, Facebook made money on it. 
and I actually don't give a shit. It's just that it's that the problem is if things are really accurate, they're awful. I, an interesting thing happened in New York. I'm, I'm an old radio guy, and um, and one of New York's FM stations was turned off, uh, a rock station, and they uh, moved the 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 popular all news station, um, WINS ten ten winds, ten ten is their AM channel, and to put it on FM, which is fine. You know, they did the same thing with uh, another company, did the same thing with the, the big sports station, WFAN. They put that on FM. And uh, so, but the company doing this is called Odyssey, A-U-D-I-A-C-Y. And it's one of the three big owners of, of radio stations. And you go there and um, there is no website for the station anymore. It's all just Odyssey. And it's a horrible branding move, and their their stock, by the way, is like down to less than a met less than a dollar. Uh, but um, I, so I thought I'll, I'll listen to Ten Ten Wins a little bit, and it starts at, and and the ads are not for anything in New York, which I wouldn't mind hearing. You know, no, they are for an old people's home in Indianapolis because it figures out where I am and is throwing in an ad if you know. Uh, and it, it's telling me, hey, you're old and you're near Indianapolis. You need an God. ad for an old people's home. It's like, how stupid can you get? Oh, man. Just how stupid can you get? And that company paid for it, you know, paid to target me personally <laughs> with that. I, I, I wanted to Sucky. go back a few moments ago, uh, Doc. Rewind? No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll virtually rewind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, you were, the reason why you were asking if I was laughing or if I was smiling, <laughs> or if I was thinking of something, is because the business model that you were proposing for Twitter sounds yeah. an awful lot like OnlyFans. You know, that's... <laughs> I don't know if, yeah. It's like OnlyFans for Twitter. Are you familiar with OnlyFans? I, I was in the past, but I have to look it up now. He was. Okay, we'll give you a minute. In the past. <laughs> yeah. In the past five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. An internet content subscription service based in London? Is that it? Um, a social platform revolutionizing uh, that's, um, that's where creator adult creators tend that's to go. An, that's an interesting way to put oh, it. It's a, oh, it's an adult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's individuals. Um, and then you throw a little uh, money Displaying here. their goods and services. You throw a little money video. there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I see. I, I read about it. Yeah, it's an OnlyFans. The, the thing is, it's still centralized. I think that we need something on our side. I think we need our own way that i'm just it's here simple an okay. open source only fans what am i paying attention to <laughs> where is it an only what, fans protocol there you go yeah oh yeah it, it, listen if they have a protocol or they have some other thing to let us have that'd be great you know but i'm all about solving things from the outside in yeah no, i agree out. i you know I, I like yet another inside to help us do it from, i i would like it you know fans. so this is actually a perfect time to transition into the wallet conversation because the idea of having a yeah. wallet that you control and you can, you know, let's say you want to budget, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to contribute $25 every month to content creators and my wallet yeah. will automatic, automatically, you know, see where my attention goes. If, you know, assuming yeah, you're, you're willing to, to opt it into spying on what you visit online, but, and, and then, you know, if it, and again, going back to the brave model, but not restricted to brave, if you're, 
if your wallet that you control could then distribute that $25 based on the various things you look at, that would be brilliant. That would be a brilliant solution. Um, I was thinking, you know, at the beginning of, I, Petros was thinking about OnlyFans. I was actually thinking about Substack because it, to me, that's kind of what you're describing. You follow, you know, a lot of journalists, a lot of people who share interesting content. Um, and then that starts to make me think of Substack. So a lot, some successful journalists have been able to transition to being independent and make actually a lot of money um, on Substack subscriptions because they're sharing content that is valuable enough for, you know, enough people to pay them, I don't know, $5 a month, a dollar a month, whatever it is. And that's worked out. But, but again, as an individual, like how many Substacks can you really subscribe to? You know, anyway, so I'll let you carry on the peak subscription conversation. But maybe when I look at my Substack page, I mean, I found it now I can't find it again. But there's a I have there's a list. I I, I found a list of everything on Substack I subscribe to like 19 things. And I've actually stopped subscribing to a couple of them because they're ones that give me like two paragraphs and then hit me up for money. And you're not going to see any more unless you do something and then I get rid of those. I, I don't want to, I mean, I'm, I'm paying some of them already, you know, um, I don't want to have to pay more. And, um, and I think subscriptions, we're oversubscribed to too many things anyway, and yeah. subscriptions are pretty clunky. Um, I want a la carte, but I don't want them in charge of a la carte. I want me in charge of a la carte. I want my, sh- I want my own pricing gun. So just for music. Okay. There's a cool, th- it's, I didn't think this was cool a thousand years ago when I wrote about it in Linux Journal, but now I do, which is that there is a thing called Sound Exchange. Sound Exchange is the nonprofit collective rights management organization that collects all and distributes all digital performance royalties for sound recordings. So um, the the long story here is back in 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 broadcast days, broadcast for some reason composers got it together to make sure that they got royalties for everything that was played on the radio, every song that was played on the radio. The performing artists didn't. They didn't get it together for that, so they never got that. So now that we have digital performing, they want it for that, and they're getting it. So Spotify, NPR, anybody who's playing music online has to pay royalties for on a per-listener, per-song basis. And they have, in fact... I don't know if it's Riverside that we're using now, but there's one of those has a really good way of collecting those royalties, collecting the records. You have the records. If you pay, play the music, you can, you can, uh, doesn't work for podcasting. It's to clear rights individually for every single song. But if you're streaming, you can collect that information and, and you pay and the money goes to sound exchange. So i bring that up because we should have one of those for, bloggers we should have them for tweets we should have them for any for any form of content and not just um and not just uh and not just sound recordings and and i think that's a doable thing and maybe sound exchange itself is already built for it could do it for everything else and i you know if we had a simple way that you were saying uh, 25 dollars a month goes to content creators great i i'm gonna set aside 25 dollars a month it's gonna go out automatically it'll get prorated uh based on whatever algorithms that I come up with that where I'm going to, I'm going to wait, say, for example, the kind of thing we're doing now, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give greater weight to podcasts and I'm going to give less to sound recordings and we give a little more over here to, uh, blogs or tweets or, or whatever, you know, or, or what I watch on, 
on YouTube. I mean, I, I give to anybody I'm watching on YouTube, and I'll just give it to it separately outside of YouTube. YouTube doesn't need to collect anything. Mm-hmm. I'll, I've got a record of it. I've got a way to make clear that I, you know, that I listen to that particular thing. Something like Shazam could keep track of what it thinks I heard because it knows the fingerprints of those things. Or we can encode it. Um, radio ratings now are determined by a, a kind of a hidden sound that's put in everything that you hear. So we know that's WBBM in Chicago. And I listen to the news for five minutes. Um, and, uh, and, and we could just apportion it out and have it all go out. And, but I've got a tool on my side that does that. And my wallet is the thing that does that. And nobody working on wallets now is thinking about any of this because it's outside their scope. But we have the internet now and we can think about this. If you haven't seen the newsletter that went out, <laughs> please go read it because it will uh, provide a little bit more context. But yeah, but there is one reality to cast. It is there. It is there. Reality to cast.com. Um, yeah. So it'll be there and it'll be on the Substack page. I need to cross post it actually. But anyway, yeah, yeah. it will be there. You can find it. And we tweeted it. And you we tweeted, tweeted it. it. And yeah, you can there. find it. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the conversation about wallets is interesting. And so what you just mentioned though, um, what I wonder from the technical side is how you make something that is personal a personal wallet that allows me to, as I mentioned, as you just mentioned, budget my 20, my content budget for the month um, in a way that doesn't create too much work for me. Because if you, let's say, let's say you want to categorize uh, podcasts and, and, and music and tweets and blogs and, and news articles and what have you, how do you classify those? Because at some point you will, you could, okay, fine. There's a standard for tagging for metadata, but you know, and, and, and those types of, of media would would have to, would tag themselves, but then that can be gamed. But then if it's on it's a, it's on the user side, then that's just creating a ton of work if you have to tag. Well, every I don't time. think it has to. And I do, yeah, yeah, I just wonder. So, you know, I wonder how to think about. It's that. a template. I, mean, I think you could have a bunch of templates. I mean, Sound Exchange itself. Let's say, let's say there's a superset of Sound Exchange, which is uh, Content Exchange. Okay. Um, and all they do is collect and distribute. They could have a bunch of things to say, okay, pick one, pick, pick one of these. Uh, you're heavy with podcasts. You're heavy with this. You, you really like movies. You like this or that more or less. Um, you, you, you could have the music module. You can have right. the, um, uh, the, the, the movie module. You can have the, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, I think there, there could be a set of templates that are, that you could pick from and just say, okay, it just goes into my machine and it's going to listen for this stuff. It's going to automatically um, parse it out. And I can monitor it to say, okay, what did, how do you do this week? Oh man, I watched a lot of TV this, this last month. You know, I, I watched all these different YouTube things. You know, there's... Um, Facebook I mean, it, Reels. I mean, it's... Mm. What's Facebook that? Reels. Yeah, Reels, I'm sorry. Yeah. Facebook Reels. Uh, um, or it could be, you know, here's what it just says. You know what? Um you you can here's a template that says um, I'm only going to give money to the ones that I check I check off you mm-hmm. know like I watched five reels on Facebook but I really only like the one about the guy hugging the lion right. you know like a Pandora I don't want to give it to the guy up. that jumped off a cliff I, I don't want to <laughs> give it to the wingsuit guy you know I I want to give it to you know but but where but where there's no real labor involved on our part there's just simply goodwill 
where it's kind of robo-tipping the things that we think right. are worth tipping. Yeah, I mean, I, I like That's, the idea. I think it's great. Uh, I would yeah, love that because, the, the, again, the, is, the way – I don't know about you, but the way I consume content is, is very one-off, piecemeal kind of – like, I – I, I yeah. can't think of a pod. I mean, this is ironic because we produce this podcast. I can't think of a podcast that I listen to all that regularly. Like there are a few that I really like and I, I really enjoy. There's one called Smashing Security that I listen to, especially <laughs> in the car. They're funny. You know, they talk about stuff that interests me and, and it's, 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 it's good fun. And I, I listen to it here and there. And another one actually that I discovered recently um, is called, it's called, I think it's just called Open Source Security. And you know, again, it's nerdy stuff that I enjoy. And, um, but I, I don't listen to it every, I don't listen to every single episode, but every once in a while as when I have time or, you know, take, I'll, I'll play it while I'm cooking or, you know, something like that. Um, but I would never consider as much as I highly respect these content creators, I would never even consider, I don't think subscribing to them, subscribing a regular subscription feed to a specific podcast. I would rather say, um, okay, for some good content, I would I'm willing to pay, you know, put this much into my wallet to distribute, as you mentioned. The other thing I would not do, I would not subscribe to, let's say, a premium podcast provider, because some people's answer to this would be fine, don't subscribe to individual podcasts, subscribe to Spotify or something, and they have, you know, X number of premium, but those aren't that's not what I'm interested in supporting either. I'm interested in very yeah, specific you know one off things here and there. A, a a great thing about podcasts is that nobody owns it. I mean, Apple yeah. Apple jumped on it, but podcasts have been around since like two 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 thousand two or something like that. When whenever it was that Dave Weiner put the include element in RSS mm -hmm. two point oh, um, like whatever that. whatever like the element it was yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah, but but back then, I mean, and that made it possible, and and so I love it when somebody says, you know, uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah. and I have, I have like three or four different podcast players on my phone and, and I have different things in them. I mean, I, <laughs> Me I, I kind of portion them out. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, um, and on top of that, you know, I mean, if we, you know, we do our own curation with that, it'd be, it, I mean, none of them are great to me. I mean, I, 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 there's my, my favorite podcast right now is one called the history of rock music and 500 songs. Oh, that my sounds like God. a good one. It is, it is so good. It is upstaged everything else. It is hmm. so interesting, okay. especially if you've, if you're old like me. So you remember stuff in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies and you know, though it goes up to current time. Of the 19th century. 500 right? songs. I don't think, <laughs> he, but, but he, he, he touches some of that stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> rock music is you know how Mendelssohn did it did this thing but it's it's so good but there I don't like every one of them as, as well as the other ones you know so but and there 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 are artists like he did one on the Beach Boys good vibrations where I think half or two-thirds of it was about this guy named Terman who invented the theremin and what happened with the theremin and this guy is like one of the most crazy good inventors in the world in world history. And he was in he was Russian. He lived to be 97. He invented things through his entire life. He was a spy on both sides, it looks like at different points. What a crazy guy. And he he married a, a black woman in the US, then he got deported and he could he couldn't talk to anybody because he was in jail in the Soviet Union. 
while he was there, he invented more stuff, including the way bugging is done in, 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 in apartments and stuff. It's crazy stuff. And he invented the theremin. It was just incredibly interesting. So, um, but anyway, I, I stuck in our chat, by the way, the, a link to ah, okay. th- this idea that I'm talking about, which is you can tip every, anybody if you have a tipping machine on your side. I think it's all pretty easy to make. We called it Emancipé in 2007. A bunch of us came up with that idea in 2007. It's not, not even that original, I don't think. But it's, it only works if we do it from our side. You know, my neighbor and I were just talking about the theremin yesterday. I kid you not. Although we were making really we were making wow. fun of it, right? It, it, making fun of how it sounds yeah, and, and you know the Star Trek theme. Yeah, well, you know the the funny thing is that it it, it became famous finally as a, as an instrument when it was used starting in the '30s with creepy movies because that was the you know that that, that oh, sort of yeah. Yeah. that sound in old movies of there's something creepy happening here was made by a theremin. Okay, that um. was. And that it became identified with that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to put all of these links in the notes as well as actually, yeah. you know, you mentioned I, at one point you mentioned, you know, how podcasts got started and, and the enclosure tag. At one point I looked all of this up and put it in a newsletter and I will, <laughs> I will link to all of that. So we have, yeah, the origin of podcasting yeah. is somewhere in a newsletter that uh, I wrote up and it's, well, I'll link to it. Um, yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I, I think the, the the key thing about the wallet, just to give the whole wallet story quickly that I, I wrote about in the newsletter, is that Apple and Google have been trying to make a wallet for you for like 10 years, more than 10 years. I think 2011 is when Google first started talking wallet. Uh, I've written about it like four times uh, in various places, including Linux Journal, I think. It hasn't happened yet. That You can use their wallets now for different things. I used mine at Sam's Club the other day because I showed my wallet Sam's Club card rather than my actual Sam's Club card. It was kind of labor intensive to pull out my phone to show them that. But it does work. You know, they both work, but they're not very imaginative so far. And um, and now the Linux Foundation has come up with the intention to create the Open Wallet Foundation, which is a foundation within a foundation. They have like, uh, you know, dozens of those. And that they're going to make an open wallet. But the idea there is that they're going to come up with a code where anybody, meaning any company, can make a, a wallet based on some open standards and some open code, which is fine. But they're still thinking more or less along the lines of how do you compete with Apple and how do you make a wallet that has cryptocurrency in it and has all your tickets and your memberships and all that, which is fine. But there's nothing in that. Nobody's thinking about this from the user side, from the individual side. And that's what I want us to do. You know, So I'm offering... Uh, customer commons are nonprofit as the thing somebody should start funding. We can't take corporate money. That makes us a really good partner for the Linux Foundation, which only takes corporate money, far as I know. Or if it doesn't, their most of their money does come from corporations because they're basically a business guild of 501c6, not a c3. I've got a 501c3, and I want to get. I want it to be the user side, the individual side. And what are the things that are going to work for us? You know, and it's not just the wallet, it's whatever goes behind the wallet. How do you organize your data? You know, your contacts, your calendars, whatever records you might have from your Shazam that works on everything of everything you've listened to and watched and care about. Uh, so you can send money to people because you well, like What it. about pictures of you know, your grandkids? Where are you going to keep that in your digital wallet? 
Well, that's already yeah, that's already yeah, a thing. Yeah, right. The, that's already a yeah. thing. Oh. Where I, I struggle is, is is that just um, adoption the adoption in the U.S. anyway. There are, elsewhere in the world, I think digital wallets are at a mature, a more mature state than they are here. Ironically, because you know Apple being in a California company. Well, but, there are cryptocurrency wallets of, of many kinds. Well, no, and, I don't um, even mean that. I mean wrong with those. Uh, well, so I was you know I participated in this. Uh, forum this week uh, about digital public infrastructure. And one of the, you know, I had to do a little research because I was there to talk about open source software, but, um, you know, the, the backstory is, is really, you know, open source software's role in creating digital public infrastructure, like identity systems, um, monetary exchange, while like actual, you know, financial transactions, that sort of thing. And the potential for, um, you know, making the world a better place in certain areas of the world. Uh, and the model that they look at typically uh, frequently is Estonia. And which makes me think, and, and we could talk, I mean, this is probably a subject for, for another time because not everybody <laughs> did all of this reading that I did. But the, the interesting thing to me is thinking about it in terms of scale is that I think frequently when you are working with a smaller population, a smaller country, a lot of innovation can happen and a lot of interesting things that just take absolutely forever when you're talking about, um, you know, a national scale in the U S we have, we have a lot mm. of people, we have a lot of, you know, uh, we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, disagreement uh, in, in, within our government. Uh, we have a lot of, um, yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, we have a lot of bureaucracy to, to get through in order to innovate in this area, I think. And for for example, you know, if you look at if you look at your Apple Wallet, you pull it whip out, if you have an iPhone, you whip it out, you you look at your Apple Wallet, and you you know want to add things to it. Well, I think you mentioned this in your in your in the newsletter actually. The only two IDs you can add right now are what Maryland and I can't remember the other one, but there are only two states in the U.S. that have an ID that can be added to an Apple Wallet. Is that correct? I think it is. Anyway, that's right. Yeah. On mine, it, it, it was like Maryland and. Uh... I don't know another one. Yeah, so it's it's a cool idea, but yeah. you know, there's just not that much you can do <laughs> yeah. with it. What I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know about y'all. I use my Apple Wallet only for the occasional need to use Apple Pay, and the only reason I do that is if it's to use my Apple Card because you get like two percent back if you use Apple Pay, and I very yeah. rarely do that because I have another credit card that gives me three percent at every restaurant and you know and all these other things. Yeah, and I don't I don't have an Apple I don't have an Apple Card because we. I'm in a household that limits the number of credit cards we have. Like I don't have an Amazon card. I have, I have a visa and a Costco visa. I think I have a, a regular visa, like with a bank, it's a capital one. And I have a Costco visa. That's it. End of it. And, but so I, I, I didn't, even, I didn't, I mean, I only looked, I only set up my Apple wallet to write that piece, frankly. And <laughs> That's funny, Since, yeah. uh, while writing it, I used things in it. Like the thing is, I mean, let's say, I mean, you go like AAA. Like I had to go, I had to like enter a whole pile of stuff for AAA, <laughs> but I got my AAA card in there, and I had to enter a whole lot of stuff for for um, uh, Sam's Club. But there are places where you go there and oh, um, scan this QR code, and it'll put that your your card onto your Apple wallet. Like I'd like it for CVS because CVS is kind of a pain in the ass for me to have to enter my that, phone number yeah. every time I go there, or 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 find 
where are my car keys that I've got the little tag that that has the the QR code? I mean the 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 barcode that gets me the insurance cards. The discount I never use at at a insurance Costco. cards would be nice. Oh yeah, like car insurance. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. Yeah, car insurance, other things. Even I medical mean, insurance. I, I, I have no problem with having lots of personal mm, records insurance. of that kind of of that sort. Membership cards, loyalty cards. Oh yeah, those stuff, loyalty cards are a nightmare. On. You know, you, you they're, they're all a it, nightmare, and and they're stupid. It is. I mean, they 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 they, they, they the, the the cognitive overhead for them and for us, and the operational overhead for them is very high. Uh, one of the, I mean, it's interesting to me that. The, probably the most loved retailer in the country is Trader Joe's. And what makes them lovable and nobody really pays much attention to this is they don't have any of that. Hmm. They, don't have, they, don't, they don't have any members. They don't have any discounts. They don't have any advertising. They have no marketing that looks like marketing other than their flyer, which you have to opt into. That's it. And, and, but they have real people and, and, it's, and it, it's a real place to shop and they don't bother you with that kind of crap. Every time I go to CVS, I have to like, enter my phone number or find the thing in my car keys that's got the little barcode. It's annoying, yeah. you know, and, or, or, or at Kroger, if I don't have my car keys, cause I can walk to the Kroger from here. I don't, I don't need to drive the car. Oh, I forgot my, I don't, I don't, cause you don't even have the phone number you enter in with, with Kroger. So they just hand you a thing and they scan their own code in there. So you get the discount and it's not really a discount. There's really like a surcharge for people who are not Kroger members. But frankly, the Kroger membership we have is partly faked because we don't want to be followed. And if you read their 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 privacy policies, they give your data to everybody. Mm, so, so that's what that's about. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I that's my Kroger hack. The the hotel key thing, I think, is interesting. So this is funny, it's been a funny and yeah. terrible way. But um, I've I've only had the occasion once the I've had two hotel keys ever that I could add to my digital wallet. Um, and I never got to use either of them because, <laughs> because it was early yeah. COVID and I had to cancel the trip. And it was, you know, I, the adoption was, had just picked up enough by then. That, you know, I'd never had it before and I just stopped traveling. And I, I, mean, I don't remember the last yeah, time I was in a all, hotel. So. It happened to all of us. So yeah, I've never um, actually experienced I've the magic never of a put one of those in my wallet. But it was a great idea. I was anxious to use it at the time, but yeah, never happened. Yeah, well, I mean, the the phone eats everything. I mean, it's 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 a little TV, it's a radio, it's it's um, it's all it has, you know, all kinds of other stuff in it that makes it become an extension of ourselves. The thing is, it's not, and I put this in a newsletter. It's it's not ours. Our wallet, you know, this this actually, I shot the picture of this for the you guys can see it, but that's my wallet, and um, it's mine. This isn't an Apple wallet. This is a my wallet. Mm-hmm. And and it's substitutable. I can take everything out of it and I can buy a new wallet from somebody else. I still pull, put the cash and the cards in that and now I've got that. And we need something like that. We need we need something that is ours. And I'm a voice in the wilderness on this thing. But And by the way, I, I just want to plug this before we get off because I've been an hour into this at least so far. Oh, yeah. Is um, uh, week after next, we have... Um, IIW, the Internet Identity Workshop uh, at the Computer History Museum. Um, it's almost completely sold out. Um, it almost always is. And it's a really great conference, very leveraged. Um, it's an unconference. There's no no keynotes, no 
no panels, none of that stuff, no booths. It's all meetings on everybody gets together and works on stuff. It's really great. But that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The 14th on Monday is VRM Day, which is free. And it's also the Computer History Museum. And Roger McNamee, of, uh, he's an investor and a musician and many other things. But he wrote famously wrote, wrote a book called Zucked um, about his pal, Mark Zuckerberg, who he advised uh, when he invested early in Facebook. And, uh, and it's all about how awful Facebook is basically, but he has <laughs> oh. a lot of interesting thoughts and he's going to be speaking there. So oh. anyway, I, I actually, so you know, I, you a, I planned for that too. I planned to, to, to join you this year. And cause I'm, I, I actually, I think, yes, if you're listening to this, you should definitely go and check out that, uh, workshop and go, um, yeah, have a good time and then tell us all about it because I really <laughs> wanted to go and I'm not going because I've got too much going on. It would have been probably my first conference in a while, but I thought, you know, among other things, we could probably get some pretty great content for this, but I will not be there because I have too many things to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm already overcommitted. I have projects to work on that maybe someday I will be able to share with you. I know that's very mysterious, but anyway, we've got a lot of stuff going on, so. I will not be there, but other people should definitely check it out, and we will put the link in the notes. Indeed. Okay, so we covered uh, Twitter ad nauseum, <laughs> maybe a little too much, and may have to do a little editing there. Um, and yeah, we, uh, you know, this this conversation about wallets is probably just the beginning. And yeah, no, it's a new one. And there's another it's there's another one. newsletter coming next week. Yeah, it's part two. Yeah, it's it's what it, it's about what goes behind the wallets. What are the what are the what are the what are the business problems and the market problems that can only be solved from the customer side? There are lots of those. Yeah, subscriptions is one of them. We, we have, subscriptions is really, 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 <clears throat> f- and as we know, and yep. and all attempts to fix that from the sell side are going to fail, including Apple and Google and Amazon. Everybody else say we'll take care of subscriptions for you. No, you won't. Nope, doesn't work. It hasn't worked. Nope. Um, Can't do it. Yeah, I feel like there was something else we, we were to going to touch on, but uh, whatever it is, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it can, can wait till next time. We can time. touch it. Uh, we can we can visit it later. Any final thoughts? To hope to see some of you at IW. Hope to see some of you in VRM Day, and if not, to hope to hear from you anyway. Feedback is invited and welcome. Yep. And if uh, Twitter collapses, you can find us uh, at. Reality two cast at linuxrocks.online, which may or may not change because I'm experimenting with our should, own Mastodon server, possibly, but uh, we'll see. Stay should, tuned. Should we plug you and I being together on another podcast in the middle of next week? Yeah. So this is a big one. Yeah, this is a, a big, big one. one. This one's going to be really cool. Wednesday, November 9th, Doc and I are talking to Greg Croa Hartman who is a very well-known Linux kernel maintainer. I think probably, Doc, you and Greg go way back because he wrote quite a bit for Linux Journal before my time. Um, yeah, well, he was also featured in Linux Journal. He, I mean, he's he, besides being a great guy, he, he's, he's an alpha kernel maintainer. Yeah. And he will we'll visit a lot of topics like, like, for example, you know, what is the corporate influence on the kernel? Yeah. Which he'll, I know what he's going to say. He's going to say there's none, but he'll give us the details on that, yeah. you know, and and how that works, you know, how yeah, it works with are, the Linux Foundation. There are what, the eight people. I think there are eight. Yeah. Uh, of the as you call them, alpha maintainers, the 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 like the, the inner the the 
inner circle of the Linux of the Linux kernel is he's one of yeah, them. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's uh, um, you know, there, you know, he was I think working for SUSE for a while, and you know, Linus was working for some other people, but there's uh, uh, he's with the Linux Foundation now, but there's there's um. He's a, you know, he's really interesting. He told, I mean, nobody, nobody knows more about the kernel than he does, including Linus. I think, I think they're at least tied. Yeah, I think the, um, what they know and what they're responsible for, and um, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll have good things to say. That's on Floss Weekly next Wednesday, uh, nine thirty um, Pacific time. He's in the Netherlands, so he's he'll be eight. I will be in. It'll be he'll be nine hours ahead. Nine yeah. hours ahead. That should be awesome. That, that should be an exciting. But, so yeah, I, yeah, it'll be awesome. We could also, yeah. um, you know, any any listeners here, this will go out in time. Ping us wherever you find us, which is many places. And uh, if you have anything specific you'd like us to ask, feel free to ping. Yeah, that'd be ping. good. If, if you, you want to, ask yeah, reach out. Weekly, it'll be good. Be I think uh, you know people people like him are really fascinating to me because they tend to, you know, we, we speculate about things like corporate influence and all these things. And, and they're very much so like immersed in their he's environment. Yeah. He's got eyes on the prize. He's so go, into go, the- go lurk on the latest kernel mailing list, the LKML.org. If you go there, I think that's what it is. Um, it, you know, he's all over it. Yeah. And it's all, you know, down in the weed stuff that you, you exactly. want Exactly. Yeah, that's you know, the stuff. You've got, yeah. In, in the curl. Talking to stuff people who are really, in the weeds is interesting. Stuff that fully matters, you know, he deals, he deals in that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, join us. And, yeah, and, and join us here next time. And we will talk about something.